I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hello and welcome to the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. This week I'm joined by Henry Burrell, our Consumer Tech Editor at Tech Advisor. Hello. And Tamlin McGee, editor, uh, a reporter at techworld.com. It's just too much of a mouthful, isn't it? It is, it is. Well, I tried to make it simple by just saying reporter and it backfired aggressively on me. That's fine. Um, This week we're going to be talking about the new Pixel phones. Uh, That's why Henry's here and we're going to be talking about the London Film Festival because Tamlin's been diving into that. But first we're going to start off with some news. Um, I wanted to talk quickly about the Google Plus hack. Um, A, because I think it needs a little bit of unpacking for people, and B, because it's hilarious to talk about Google (laughs) Plus in uh, the year of our Lord 2018. I don't don't think I have a Google Plus I think everyone has, I think you have to have one. If you're a Google, if you have a Google account, you by proxy have a Google Plus account. Right, okay. I mean, I vaguely remember looking into it when it was launched. I don't even remember what year that was. You probably have like a grey avatar and no information on there. Same as the executives at Google as well. (laughs) pretty much they've not been using it for years no no um so that that's like the first point is that people have been talking about the downfall of google plus since like 2013 i think really pretty much yeah from the day it launched um but for anyone that isn't aware of its existence um which i can't blame you for it's basically google's social media platform yeah um and it was uh it it went through lots of iterations, but originally you were kind of in circles and then you yeah. would share things in your circles. Yeah, like a weird kind of like exclusive Venn diagram of yeah. interests. It never worked. It never, ever no, it worked. Weird. Um, and uh, the reason it's back in the news uh, is because Google has had to completely shut it down. Um, they've basically wiped it off the face of the planet um, because there was a data breach uh, back in 2015 uh, that they never reported. Okay, so, so, but was it actually like a breach and like a hack, or was it more just like it could have been viewed? In yeah, so breach view? actually is is probably the wrong word. So the the way to think about what happened is um, it's actually very similar to what happened at Facebook with the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Right. There was a there was a developer API for Google Plus which allowed people to access information that you hadn't like specifically made public um, in the way that people would doing with facebook apps so you do a quiz obviously yeah and then through that uh because the permissions were so loose you'd be able to then access like whole so, pools of so information this is more like that in a, in a small window third party devs could have yes um conceivably looked at your personal details so had google plus been popular it could have resulted in a scandal similar to Cambridge which Alex is why it's so funny they just go <laughs> they've literally gone like 
Uh, it's probably fine because you weren't using it. So. <laughs> yeah, so apparently they discovered it, patched it. They re- they found that 438 apps were accessing third-party information, okay. um, poss- you know, potentially, <clears throat> ethically, problematically. Um, that's a very, very small number. Mm. Um, and only 500,000 people's information was um kind of shared inappropriately supposedly they like it's like i think the api is on like a two-week upgrade cycle yeah so the window is small yeah so the hack itself is not really a big deal um the the big deal with this story is that um an internal memo was um made public by the wall street journal in which um the ceo of google sundar pichai um it went all the way to the top basically and they decided not to report this breach because in his exact words, um, they feared Cambridge Analytica-style repercussions for the company. Right. Um, no, I think which that's is, the wrong decision. Which is problematic uh, yeah. because you're... Uh, and for context as well, Google, um, more than most, has been very, very keen to keep itself out of these sort of enveloping privacy scandals. So Larry Page didn't... He was the only one of the big kind of um, tech executives not to turn up to the Congress hearings. Yeah, he didn't turn up, did he? Yeah, there was an empty seat. Um, and that... that plays into bigger problems with Larry Page's kind of um, distant leadership of Alphabet at the moment. Um, But that's for another day. Uh, So, yeah, they they clearly um, really did not want this to come to light. Uh, And now that it has, it's it's, it's embarrassing for them. Yeah, and it's interesting that it is just closed down. I kind of expected that to happen at some point anyway. Yeah, I mean, this but, was this was clearly the because the... it's just not it's not Google does, is it? Like no. Facebook and whatever. I'm, I was going to say Instagram, but that is Facebook now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's more like they are services and they try to like you know make your life better by like giving you stuff and services and try and like up like make you invest in that platform yeah whereas google is i always feel we can talk about this a bit with the phones as well but like it's just kind of a service that it you use and google is always there but it doesn't ever try to make you buy into a product unless it's physical hardware no so i think the the kind of the backstory of google plus is that when they created google plus it was very much at the peak of the social media boom and they felt like if they didn't have their own offering they were going to fall behind and i think their main concern was that they would completely miss out on that mobile advertising market which facebook now dominates because it's such a big social media player that didn't play out but that i i understand the logic yeah totally um they probably didn't execute as well as they could have could the could the memo itself be indicative of uh, I guess it is indicative of wider problems at Google, which is kind of concerning when you think about how many Android phones there are on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there's there's always been news stories about you know unsecure, unvetted apps or clone apps on the Android platform. But um, I mean, I wonder if there's uh, a parallel there with you know how they how they kept this problem to themselves. Like that there might be other things, or there probably are other things that yeah. we we have no idea about. Yeah. Yeah, and I wasn't aware, but apparently there's a there's a unit within Alphabet whose entire job is to basically point uh, the finger at like breaches and holes with third party um, developers. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's called like the Open Something Project. Um, so there's some irony there that they have a unit um, which does this kind of thing, but then when they do it themselves, they're not as forthcoming um, with the breach, and oh. it takes three years and a Wall Street Journal um, yeah. investigation to make it come to light. Does it make you? Does it make you feel that they like you were sort of suggesting that um, they might have hidden things like this before? And why would they hide things like that? Because I mean, it's, we laugh about Google Plus, and it's kind of it really was the final nail. Yeah. But like, if you did, if the same thing happened with like you know Gmail, mm-hmm. or like conceivably Google Pay information or whatever, Absolutely. then like I don't know. Do you think that they were just 
so <laughs> unaware of like Google Plus just because no one was using it that they kind of let it slip? Or? Possibly. I mean, it's it's impossible to speculate, but like it definitely has a window into their their corporate culture here in the fact that they are um, very risk averse and they very much don't want things like this seeing the light of day. Um, whereas I personally would rather a company of that size and power be a little bit more transparent. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? The other thing I was going to say is that uh, this also um, plays into another issue that Google is having recently where um, they're actually, uh, they've been subject to a couple of um, pretty high profile internal leaks recently. Yeah. Um, so obviously this memo coming out is is embarrassing to them and, and that has to have come, I assume, from internal um, sources. And also Breitbart published a hour and a half long video a couple of months ago um, of the first all ha- they always at Google they have an all hands every week and it's like top execs talking about what's been going on yeah. but they released the video of the one the day after the Trump election and it was oh, a lot right. of sort of liberal hand wringing and the conservatives obviously lapped it up um, I missed that actually but like yeah it's it's quite interesting I watched most of it um, and it's it's mostly um, Sergey Brin just talking about um, or Sergey Brin uh, talking about uh, how sad and devastated everyone is um, right yeah, Which, that's not great. To show that, uh, it's it? just, I mean, it was, a, it was a kind of something that they they stream to all their employees, so it's very easy to leak. But there, there do seem to be some some leak issues at, at Google at the moment, and these embarrassments, as Facebook have shown, tend to kind of accumulate pretty quickly. Was the, I guess, Google's sort of enemy number one in the sort of alt right circles because mm. of the very public firing of the person who sent around that ridiculous memo. Oh, that yeah, was what Google, was he called? James. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah, but it, sexist James. Yeah. yeah, just just complaining about with his stupid the face. fact that you can't get away with sexism at, at work and stuff. And I think yeah, I think that really the, angered all the sexists yeah. and misogynists for some reason. You know? I think yeah. the all right <laughs> also the all right also hate Google because they believe that it like pushes down their content and stuff. Well, same like with that. Facebook, right? Yeah. People complain that it, it um, sort of pushes conservative stuff down yeah. or up, depending on who's hacked it that month. Yeah. Um, but is that because these companies shouldn't be? like the BBC, they shouldn't have a political bias? Or are we going to come to the point where large corporations like this can have a, a public stance to that? Well, I've, I've always said with Twitter that there's no reason why Twitter can't decide what the hell goes on its platform. At the end of the day, it's it doesn't have to be a neutral platform, yeah. and it definitely isn't. So. No. <laughs> I think that's a that's a whole other topic. Yeah. But I mean, mm. when you are getting people like the Atlant- Atlantic Council advising Facebook what's acceptable on their site, like, you know, no, no tears shed over um, Alex Jones being banned from any platform, but uh, groups like the Atlantic Council are very much pushing an Atlanticist pro-NATO kind of thing, you know, removing like pro-Venezuelan pages and things like that. So yeah. anyway, yeah. I'm ranting, but you know. Now we've, we've, we've talked about it quite a lot. Yeah, we? cool. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll wrap up. But yeah, I just wanted, I just thought it'd be uh, quite no, nice no, to, to dive in. And um, also uh, RIP, Google Plus. Yeah, what circle would you have been in? What circles? <laughs> Is it circles of people? What was it? Yeah, circle? was it interests? N- no, none of us. No, no. <laughs> no. Knows. Google didn't know. We probably right. should have checked. Oh, yeah, go and go and delete your account. <laughs> R.I.P. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about Google a little bit more. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, Henry, Google. Yeah. Um, they still make phones, though. Yeah, they love a phone. Uh, I love got... a phone. Yeah, you do. You love guys a phone. pretend you don't love a phone, but I know you do. Uh, Looking at mine right now. <laughs> what phone? What phone have they brought out? Well, Pixel Three. Yeah, the Pixel Three XL. So, yeah, as you would assume, the third time they've done a Pixel. Um, this was no secret. I think in recent memory, this was the most leaked phone. More Google leaks. Yeah, big old leak. Um, it does happen to Apple, but usually in the past couple of years, like well, the last the last iPhone was pretty badly leaked, wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah, the 10s leaks, but that was sort of just, that was just because the the guy at Nine to Five Mac is really good at like guessing URLs and finding mm. like official images. Whereas like this is actually just like two months ago or so, like they were just on the Russian black market. Yeah. So, someone just nicked them off a van or something, Brilliant. or just like someone in the supply chain is easily bribed. Um, and even then, like three days before the launch, um, guys over at Engadget found one in a shop in Hong Kong, did a whole hands-on oh, yeah. because someone was just selling it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been ridiculous. And um, then there was this whole ridiculous conspiracy theory that um, usually our, our friends in the tech YouTube world um, attach themselves to. Um, fair enough. Um, they got more traffic than we did. But mm. uh, they were suggesting that this... Google Pixel 3 XL, which is, uh, I don't know if you've seen the pictures, has a, a very large notch. Absolute unit. Yeah, absolute unit. Yeah, it's like a dog's nose at the top. Like, it's, it's so, <laughs> it's huge, um, like comically so. And people were saying, oh, I think Google have leaked like a fake product. And then they're going to like be surprised, <laughs> good, bitches. And then like, uh, I mean, obviously that is not true. No. And Google had to, they had quite an interesting event. Um, we were not at the one in New York, we were at the one in London. So they'd like live stream it for UK press um, and hands-on time with the phones. Um, it was a weird one. Uh, they were very much about what is Google for. We are like, and they didn't actually mention the Google Plus thing. Yeah, we thought they may do, but they didn't. But they kind of addressed it indirectly. So yeah. Rick Ostelo, he's the uh, dev- like devices guy. Sundar didn't actually do anything this year, which is slightly odd. Um, he came out and kind of they'd they'd like well, uh, the Beatles help. Well, a cover of it was playing, and it's all about how Google helps you. And like it wants to like be in your life and like help you out and like make your life better and everything. So theirs is very much a software play. Yeah, so they go in with the software thing and then they went and here are all the new devices and then they all like <laughs> did you see they came, they came up. out the floor. This didn't, didn't happen in London, but in New York they came out of columns. They they appeared in the, and then and then he was like, Right, nope, everyone sit down again, sit down and then they all like went back there. It was really weird. Um So what was it? Phones and then there's two the home new phones, device. Home hub. Home hub. Which is a bit like an echo show. So mm-hmm. like a smart display that you plug in. Yeah. Um, 
it doesn't have a camera on it, which is great because in the same week that Facebook brought out their portal device, which everyone was like, why would I put a Facebook hardware with a camera in my house? Um, It was quite clever of Google to not put a camera on it. Um, It's just like a quite, well, I'd say affordable at 140 quid little uh, display that you can just sort of, you know, have in the kitchen, hands-free, whatever. I mean, I personally wouldn't really use one. We'll get it in for review and see. It's kind of like one of these um, categories of device that we don't really know yeah who is buying them and why people are buying them but I, have a, I have a google home and i like it very much yeah yeah but like that's the audio thing i suppose would yeah, you, would yeah. you want it to have a screen i couldn't i can see like extremely limited uses for it like maybe recipe videos or yeah yeah that's, that's the one they always go to yeah. it's like you can say hey how do i need dough and that's what and also, yeah i've got my phone for that yeah, yeah. and then a lot of people would just say yeah well you can you got google assistant could you have it like phone. as a rotating picture frame yes like, you yeah. can uh it's got this deep integration with Google Photos yeah. and um, it can like calibrate the screen so that in, in certain lights it looks like more natural photos and you can like have stuff like you know whatever yeah, yeah if you're a techie I mean, person not that you're gonna have really it knocking about aren't you for a calendars and such yeah exactly <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's that that was pretty cool it's quite small um, then there's the Google Pixel Slate which is a come on, I suppose like an iPad Pro kind of competitor mm-hmm. it's far too expensive um, I think it's 550 for just the tablet that doesn't come with the 190 pound keyboard um and that's the uh the underpowered one as well like if you want like a like an i7 of these things like it's it's going to cost you like nearly two grand and um, so but it's a chrome but well it's not a chromebook it's a chrome tab mm. <laughs> it's a bit like surface then yeah basically yeah. but i only run chrome so um Fine. yeah it's like it's like a big android thing but and the phones are interesting um Bear with me. Uh, oh, yeah, so, so the so, phones. So it has a notch, basically, uh, because, like all notch phones, it wants to give you a taller screen with more usable space, um, but then also, yeah, not have a big bezel at the top. But weirdly, the uh, the small one has the exact same cameras and tech in it. It just doesn't have a notch, just smaller. Um, so a lot of people are just going to want to go for the small one, probably, unless you want that big old notch at the top. The notch is a dog's nose type feature. Yeah, <laughs> it is, yeah. So, I mean, iPhone X has a notch, but it's, like, quite um, long and, um, th- like, short yeah. whereas this is like more squat it's like a square almost at the right, top okay. and people just sort of have taken umbrage with it but i mean it's got two selfie cameras in it so you can do wide angle selfies it's got a big speaker in it so you've got dual speakers on the front like yeah and when you use a phone with a notch you kind of just forget it's there anyway yeah it's not too big a deal um the phones are really expensive though um it's 150 pounds more than last year 150 dollars more as well how much is it uh a blur 739 for the small one okay so about the same as the 10r yeah, and that's the problem I think they're going to have. Like, they've got operator partnerships with everyone this year. It was only EE last year. Okay. Um, so they're, they're going to be in more stores, and you're going to see more stuff around. But, yeah, you bring up a good point. If, if, you see, uh, if you're on the fence about what phone to get, and you see this iPhone XR for the same price as a Pixel, I think most people, most normal people, <laughs> are going to get uh, an iPhone, I think. Do some people, like, love the Google phones? Does they it have, don't... like, a fan base? Uh, it is very still very techy. Yeah. Um, it's funny because yeah, obviously Google makes Android. I think most people probably don't really think about that. A lot of people, like I know, just think that Samsung is Android, mm. um, which is fair. Like you don't have to obviously take an interest in these phones. Um, but with the Pixel, um, yeah, it's more like an enthusiast device at the moment. Um, and I don't really know who buys them, and they don't sell a lot of them. No, um, like which is kind of makes sense why the event was all about you know how the services help you, and oh. like this is if you just want the hardware and the way Google wants to present it to you. I was going to say, like, Google's got so much money, can it afford to just create, like, nice, interesting devices and say, look what we're capable of doing without actually yeah. having to worry about... It's almost a lot Pretty much, much. It? yeah. Um, and they, but they do, in the tech press, they do get good reviews, and the camera is, like, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's still only got one rear-facing camera, 
we'll have a review soon. Uh, but it's doing some really clever stuff, and also, but it's the stuff that I nerd out on and enjoy. But you know, I'll be interested to know if you care about the sort of things it does. But basically, most high-end phones have two cameras now, usually for depth perception mm-hmm. or uh, zooming. Uh, whereas Google does both of these with just the one, 10R doesn't, one. does it? It doesn't, no, no. no. It's only a digital zoom. But like, so the uh, Pixel will just take when you open the camera, it's basically like constantly collecting image data. Like, it's actually kind of taking a photo and storing it in memory for a few seconds. Yeah. And then when you press the shutter, it takes like I think it's five or six. Um, closest to when you press the shutter and then computationally after the fact merges them together gotcha and then like uses the information from the pixels so like also if you can zoom in it's got this new super zoom yeah. feature so you zoom and it, it knows your hand is shaking and it can like compensate for the shake so like mm-hmm. when you digitally zoom you don't get that grain where it's like trying to work out what's going on before, i have seen some the delirium tremens yeah <laughs> the, yeah the morning shakes yeah i have um, seen some tweeted like comparisons and the the, the camera is very good it's very uh, yeah the, i mean the pixel 2 um in my opinion, is still like and until I review this new one, the best. Uh, is that when you went and did some low light stuff? Yeah, the low light's mad, and it's got yeah. this, and the, the new one. It's cool as well because they're going to back this software update. See, here's the advantage of buying into services: is that you will get some of the new camera features on older hardware. But it's got this thing they call Night Sight. They came up with lots of funny puns mm-hmm. for what it's called. And again, it's, um, other cameras like Huawei's phone, it uses just like a shitload of pixels and <laughs> image data to like collect more light. And you yeah, have, uh, but. Uh, the pixel will do it all computationally and it kind of artificially adds light to photos but some people don't care about that they just want to have an iphone and yeah it, yeah would it be a good shout if you're on more of a limited budget to maybe pick up a original pixel now if you can find one or just, yeah. just wait until they're a bit cheaper and then yeah totally like the pixel 2 has gone down in price now you can get the small pixel 2 for like 400 under 450 pounds which is a good deal and yeah. you're gonna get most of yeah what the new one has uh without that notch um in a software update so nice good phones anything um, else about the phone apart from the camera that's... It's, it's the last phone uh the, the pixel 2 was still aluminium um so if you dropped it it's not gonna necessarily smash the back mm. uh it's glass now okay <laughs> so that's partly why it's more expensive and every uh flagship phone is glass now so yeah goodbye to metal phones and no more small phones there are the yeah the, the pixel 3 is smaller Okay. It's 5.5 inch screen, which is apparently considered the small size now, but it's quite squat. And the XLs, um, XLs like 6.3, I think. Yeah, so it's big. Sport, uh, chunky battery life on it as well. Or? Yeah, the battery life is meant to be pretty good. Um, the yeah, the, the, the bigger one, obviously, the, the advantage you get is bigger screen, bigger battery. But otherwise, it's the same phone. Mm. Yeah. Cool. It's enough phones. Yeah. Sorry. For one day. O- onward. <laughs> uh, we're going to take another quick break, and we'll come back to talk to Tamlin about films. Tamlin, it is uh, London Film Week. Or London Film Month? Film Festival. Fe- film Festival, <laughs> we which runs this, we for more this. than a week. Uh, you've been talking to some directors. Uh, you've been diving into the programme. Um, what has sort of stood out on the programme this year for you? Well, there are, there's a small handful of films that, are, that make like uh, technology really central to their plot and narrative. And there's one film um, that plays out, a thriller that plays out entirely on a guy's computer screen about mm-hmm. a journalist infiltrating ISIS, which is a really interesting concept, although not the first time he's, he's done it. But what I wanted to talk about was a really interesting looking documentary that I've seen, but promise not to talk about spoil. the spoil or, or review until after the premiere which is on sunday okay uh but i can talk about the premise of it nice and it's called the plan it's by a director called steve sprung and it's about uh how workers at a factory an aerospace factory called lucas aerospace in the 70s were threatened with redundancy 
um, and they came up with an alternative plan so that instead of manufacturing you know weapons and things to kill people they created a comprehensive document full of feasible uh, devices that would be socially useful was their term okay. and a lot of it was really really progressive like you can for, for example they were talking about something called uh, thermal pollution at that time which now we understand to be like greenhouse yeah gases and uh in this in the mid 70s that was really a, prog- a progressive thing to be talking about also like hybrid engines um fuel agnostic generators for the developing world all this sort of stuff so it's just a really interesting concept and it's a part of uh british and like working class history that i was not aware of at all until i had the press release in my inbox saying nice. we're, we're making this film so this is a documentary yes it's a documentary um and uh yeah i mean that that's yeah, that's part of history that I was not aware of. Um, you've seen the film. How, how does it? How does it look? How do, how does it play out? Well, I, I promise not to talk about the film itself, so that's <laughs> slightly annoying of me, but um, not my fault. Uh, but I, w- I would say I, I think the premise of the film is extremely relevant to today because it brings up all these questions about not only what is work and who is it for, but also what is technology, who is it for, who does it serve, and what could be possible compared to what we are doing so of course right. they, they were talking about like de-weaponizing let's like instead of making fighter jets or missiles let's make generators yeah. you know not a big leap from manufacturing from airplanes to be able to do that um, but now you know the, the question's even more pertinent I think because you know we've got like 10 20 years to sort out climate change or we're all going to go extinct 12 isn't it 12 <laughs> thank you Scott <laughs> um, and I guess, you know, the questions of AI, artificial intelligence, and, and what all these big Silicon Valley companies are doing behind closed doors without any sort of citizen or democratic input. Um, I always wonder personally, like, I wonder what could be achieved if we weren't putting this technology into, I don't know, surveillance or yeah. or, or for private profit or for advertising and marketing. It's know? funny, it really reflects, like, what is becoming a bit of a theme in the Valley at the moment where... Um employees of these companies are starting to band together and basically ask questions of the priorities of the companies they work for so they're starting to ask at microsoft there's quite vocal groups now talking about why they're doing uh why they're providing technology for the border control and then same things happening at salesforce and and same things been happening at google amazon Um, as well yeah Uh, google project maven the drone program for the department of defense in america as well yeah the, the workers there got that put on ice pardon the pun so there's that interesting tension between management and employees in terms of what like a lot of people i think who moved to the valley especially when they moved to the valley in the 70s when it really was in its infancy they moved there i think because they thought they could sort of use technology to make the world a better place and that never really kind of played out all it's done is build a massive advertising sort of industry for sure for sure and if you talk to it you know even when i'm doing like enterprise b2b conferences or whatever you talk to these engineers and a lot of them are big sci-fi fans and not only sci-fi but they love like the utopian kind of sci-fi of star trek mm-hmm. more than the dystopian stuff and well, that's why they love open source that's why the open source community exists is yeah. because these guys love to collaborate and, and yeah. work with each other so yeah i think um to an extent maybe some of the engineers have been uh, victims in this because they're you know sold the idea of Google. I'm talking about Google again, but you know don't be evil, which they dropped mm, recently. They did drop that, didn't uh, they? <laughs> <laughs> be evil now, it's okay. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, like it, it's it's definitely not gone in that direction, has it? No, they were sold a dream, um, yeah. and it never kind of played out. It does come to the surface though. It did, it bubbled a little bit at the Pixel event. Oh really? Like, like the, the people they have on stage, they're like 
they are like yeah the nerds and yeah they are just like we can't believe we created this thing that can like screen your calls for you and like ring up a restaurant and make you a booking and they're just like it's really exciting yeah the jeep then, yeah the jeep yeah but then they yeah they try and put out hardware to reach an audience but really like yeah they can't really control what their company is involved in in mm. other areas so was was that kind of what happened at Lucas? Was this this group of employees basically, um, well, kind of took took over the the shop? No, no, sadly not. <laughs> it's completely the other direction. And again, I, I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to spoil the film. But most of this is like publicly public yeah. knowledge. You can Google it. Um, so they came up with this really comprehensive plan. Uh, the trade unionists at the at the uh, Lucas Aerospace. And they had the support of Tony Benn, mm. uh, and it didn't happen. Okay. Management refused to talk to them ever again. Yeah. Um, so you know, quite, quite sad, but still really interesting that there was such a sort of progressive movement towards creating, like, creating good things with technology back in the seventies. I mean, you you hear you hear like the Financial Times or the Telegraph say, oh. You know, Corbyn and McDonald, they want to take us back to the 70s. But hang on, there were workers in the 70s who are like, well, let's save the world before it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. maybe we maybe we could look back a little bit at some of the progressive stuff that was just sort of swept under the rug. It sounds really good. Um, and you kind of dived into the program a little bit. You wrote kind of a roundup of some of the techie yeah. titles that are going to be um, screened at the festival. Um, is technology purposefully a theme this year or is it more a coincidence that that's just what a lot of people are making movies about right now i i i wouldn't even say there's that many films that i mean I, I but did they just round, caught your attention yeah I, I did a roundup and it's got like six things in it okay and i, I did look through the program the, these were the most interesting things i could find but there there were these ones made technology very central uh, either to the production or or to the to the narrative like there's something that was described uh, a film called cam as a thrillingly sex positive techno horror about a cam girl uh, and there's I've seen like, I've seen a poster for that. Yeah, you have. Yeah, I I, I haven't <laughs> I haven't at all. But I, I'm on a different planet when I'm commuting, so it <laughs> doesn't surprise me. Uh, there's the plan, obviously. There's another one called Make Me Up, which is about it's like uh, taking these YouTube beauty videos to their like extreme dystopian <laughs> conclusion, um, like a, a feminist techno thriller as well. Uh, so there's, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff that looks really interesting. There's one called uh, The Guilty, which I saw a press screener for, but I'm not sure if it's been premiered yet, so I probably can't talk about that either. But it's it's set in a call centre, and it's uh, despite that, it's good. Okay. <laughs> and that film that you mentioned up front as well, that kind of all plays out on the guy's desktop. Oh, um, profile, yeah. Yeah, that reminds me because there was a film that actually hit the cinemas earlier this year called Searching, which is is similar concept where um, a guy, it's uh, John Show, who is um, one of the broy bros in American Pie, but this oh, right. is a more serious role. Um, and his daughter goes missing and then it basically all plays out on him like searching through Google and social media to try and track her down. Right. And apparently it's 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 obviously a really interesting concept, but apparently it's quite well done as well. I, I've not seen that, but it's the same guy, um, Timur Bekmambetov. Apologies <laughs> if I've completely massacred <laughs> his name. But he's he's developed software um, called Screen Life to, to make films in this sort of fashion. Gotcha. And, um yeah, there's searching, there's profile, and there's another one called Unfriended Dark Web, and it all unfolds oh, right. on computer screens. And he wants to make, <clears throat> he wants to be extremely prolific and make loads and loads and loads of them. Um, yeah. So he's he's sort of almost spurring on a movement with. 
When is it going to change, though, that uh, tech in films is not dystopian and not kind of like, you know, malicious and evil? Because like, even in like Hollywood films, when there's tech, I think it's normally portrayed as like bad. Yeah. So I, I genuinely think that more sort of like tech positive and utopian sci-fi stories are probably going to come from China because there's a big uh, sci-fi fiction movement over there which doesn't focus on dystopian at all it's all about what could be achieved right and you can you, you can could argue that. interstellar is as close as we've got to that <clears throat> yeah i've not actually seen that it's not good oh <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think it's so we talked about dystopia recently didn't we but it's yeah. so easy to it's a lot easier to to imagine it because it's just like the world we're in but slightly worse with a bit more scary tech in it you know yeah, it's easy think, to make it malicious isn't it and scary think, yeah i think yeah. like positive sci-fi is a much more interesting area and i hope we see more of it that's interesting that it'll probably emerge from china especially considering that a real life dystopian situation just played out in the fact that the most famous chinese actress <laughs> just got uh, arrested and forced to put out a uh, an apology <laughs> and for also tax yeah evasion. really <laughs> and yeah and like um it, it's sort of Chinese um, tech can be demonized in the West as well. Like when um, one of the Samsung execs got sent to jail, basically. Yeah. And also where like the US banning Huawei simply for the reason, basically, that it's Chinese. Yeah, I mean, that's... In a very basic terms, but like... There is, there is less always... transparency traditionally there. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think China is a, a case in point just like the West where, you know, obviously tech is being used to dystopian means, yeah, like course, in yeah. Xinjiang province and the surveillance tech and all that. Mm-hmm. But also, I, I guess, I don't know, chi- my understanding of, my limited understanding of, like, Chinese censorship is they allow criticism, but they don't like uh, mass movements, basically. That's where they step in. So you're encouraged to, like, criticise local government or whatever, or it's tolerated. Um, so I could understand maybe why, like... I, I, I've lost my train of thought. It's probably nonsense anyway. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, the cultural context of films in China, like, what are they going to allow yeah. to be released? Yeah. Probably stuff that's, like, either riding the new coattails of this new Chinese nationalism, like the Wolf Warrior films, which are great, but also ridiculous propaganda, um, or, like, positive stuff. I nice. mean, they... they, they, they I'm going on now. I'll stop. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I think we are done for the day. Thank you, yeah. everyone. We'll try and do it more regs. Yeah, um, go off and enjoy your weekend. Watch some films. Films are good. And, and phones. Phones are good. <laughs> phones and films. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. 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 UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.